0: So I know that I said there wouldn't be a uh, podcast today, but uh, I guess I lied. Kind of. Not really. I'm here, but I still kind of lied. Let me explain. I um, had mentioned how I was going to take the weekend off and focus on YouTube a little bit because I need to, you know, not, uh, uh, you know, neglect it. And I had two people reach out within the span of about 40 minutes with the exact same thing. Mr. J.J. Leahy, as well as Jared Whitlow... J.T. Whitlow on Twitter, J.J. Leahy on Twitter. But they were like, dude, why don't you just strip the audio from the YouTube videos and then you have a podcast? Now, that's not always obviously going to work. I do a lot of, you know, mock drafts and things. Not that I couldn't do it ever, but it's, it kind of got me thinking a little bit that I probably could do it somewhat regularly. I'm still trying to flesh it out in my brain because it's hard when you're making a YouTube video to remember that you're also talking to a podcast audience who doesn't have the visual aids. On the flip side, though, I thought it'd be really cool to actually be able to do the podcast with visual aids on the YouTube channel for those that want such a thing. So I'm going to try it today. Now, today's going to be a little bit not great because I had no intention of doing this. I didn't know that I was going to be doing this. I had made this video yesterday. I made three YouTube videos yesterday. I just have to edit them and whatnot. Um, This video, by the way, which I did yesterday, is going to be posted today. I was planning on waiting because... uh, YouTube is kind of like the podcast, the weekends aren't super great. But with the news of David Bakhtiari, um, his contract being altered or whatever, I figured this kind of has to happen. And it's kind of perfect because essentially, let me explain what today is about, even though you can probably read the title, I'm sure it's somewhat descriptive. What I decided to do was visually, and again, if you want to actually see this, um, you can check out Pack Daddy NFL YouTube channel, uh, and the video will be up there, I don't know let's say around 10 o'clock, but I wanted to myself, using other resources in terms of their ideas of how things can get done or whatever, but a lot of it on my on my own, kind of just going through step by step, how do we get out of this cat mess? And I was pretty pleasantly surprised with how much money I was able to squeeze out of this. And, um, the David Bakhtiari thing I had mentioned uh, on this podcast, as well as in this video, I thought was strange because why restructure it when you could have just structured it. But, um, there was, there was a reason, I think, to try to keep some of that money out of 2020. I guess that makes sense. But whatever, that, that is the first and one of the biggest shoes to drop. And uh, again, I, I go through several others that give us quite a bit of money. Um, and I don't think any of these are unreasonable. So anyways, with that, I'm just going to take a break right here. And when we get on the other side of it, it's just going to be me essentially giving you the YouTube thing. And again, I got to try to figure out how to strip out the audio a little bit better. I was trying to play with it a little bit, but I was spending too much time. So instead of just taking the audio from my voice and putting it on here, I just took the whole audio from the video, meaning there's going to be like a little bit of music in the background or whatever. So, you know, just kind of setting the mood a little bit for you today. I'll get it figured out, right? I'm still fleshing this whole thing out. But uh, you can thank Jared and JJ for you having a uh, podcast today. But uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. I just did a video on J.J. Watt, and there was some talk about the Packers possibly being a landing spot, largely because of his connections to Wisconsin, as well as being contenders and being a, a generally a pretty good fit, obviously, not that J.J. Watt is a bad fit anywhere. But I thought I would take a look at the Packers' salary cap, and um, the way that my brain works, it's very systematized. It's one at a time. That's why that J.J. Watt video was just, we're going to start at the top, work our way down and talk about it. Kind of a similar philosophy here. Um, we're going to start with the Packers salary cap at negative $28.194.726 in the hole. And we're going to start at the bottom in terms of minor things that we can do and slowly start to change the salary cap over time. It'll start to make sense as we go along, but I, I want to kind of show... How that works, um, if I was ready for this, I would show you right now, but I'm not. Because um, I like to jump headfirst into things without planning. So, um, But anyways, we're going to work our way from we just got to get into the black to getting enough money for the draft picks to um, having an extra, let's say, $8 million to go into the regular season to getting to a point where we can sign J.J. Watt. Whatever that number may be, we'll make something up as we go along. But what's it going to take along the way to get us there? And we'll just go step-by-step and uh, see how it looks, because I have not done this yet. So I don't even know how this looks or how, if, when, whatever, we're even going to get to um, signing JJ. But it should be fun either way. Let's get started. All right, so here's kind of the format we got. Um, Obviously, we got the actions that we're doing, and I want to start off with some minor things. Uh, and there's probably a lot of different minor little things, but, uh, again, we're going to go through each little minor detail because it adds up. Um, there are some other guys like Equinemius St. Brown, but I decided to hang on to them, um, Dexter Williams. Uh, but Ben Braden and Anthony Rush I decided to move on from. That's going to save us $850,000 each, bringing us to 26 and a dollars So obviously not a massive dent, but, again, I want to start at the bottom work our way up and see where this gets us so this is again this is going to be the format as we continue along obviously we still have quite a bit of work to do here we've got a couple other guys that are obviously pretty low on the totem pole save us almost a million dollars each you got kaiveri russell and bronson Kalfusi. Um again we're, we're not making a ton of headway here but um, obviously some guys that we can move on from that are not going to uh, do a ton for us Maybe the Packers want to keep them because it kind of works the other direction in terms of they don't cost that much. So if we think that they can add something or at least provide a little bit of depth, we want to stick with them. Also, we're going to have to probably replace these guys. So it's possible that we may look to some undrafted free agents or whatever that are going to cost us some money anyways to replace them. But again, we're just going to keep adding this stuff up and see where it gets us. We'll worry about um, adding some money back later. But at this point, we're at $24.5 million. So I've added to the list that we're going to cut Oren Burks. Now, this is actually something that I'm not 100% certain on. It seems obvious. And again, it's not a ton of money. But I've been talking on my podcast, you can check it out here if you're interested, about the fact that this new defensive coordinator desperately needs a guy, a linebacker that really Oren Burks is about the only one that fits the mold. Um, being a very athletic type of linebacker. I know we've got, like, Ty Summers or whatever, but I, I don't know. I, I just I don't, I don't really think that that's going to be the guy to be able to do it. There's a, a very, very slim chance that perhaps Oren Burks couldn't thrive in a Mike Pettin system similar to the way that Blake Martinez couldn't thrive, and then, you know, obviously he was better before Mike Pettin showed up. He was a lot better after Mike after he left and went to the Giants. Maybe Oren Burks does get better with a different, you know, our new defensive coordinator is a linebackers coach, and he utilizes linebackers more and he cares about um, their success more, but it, I don't necessarily think that means it gets easier on him. So I'm going to say that it's probably not going to be it. He's going to come in and say, yeah, that's not the guy. Slim chance that maybe it is, but uh, we're at uh, just under $24 million at this point. So our first big cut comes by way of Rick Wagner. Um I don't. There's a lot of guys that I passed up on that we could possibly move on from that I'm I'm deciding to uh, hang on to. You know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Billy Turner, for example. You could possibly move on from, but um, I, I think if we're gonna move on from an offensive lineman, it's probably gonna be Rick Wagner. Now that's not an easy decision to make. Again, we're making some tough decisions to get us out of this this issue that we're in of of a tough cap spot, um, but I I, I think. The least amount of damage we could do would probably be Rick Wagner. He's done a great job, and the Packers, I'm sure, would love to be able to keep him, but we got to make some tough decisions, and uh, Rick Wagner is the kind of decision that you got to start making. So this gets us under the $20 million mark, so we still got a ways to go, but um, that was a big one. Another sizable cut is going to be Mr. Dean Lowry. It's going to save $4.8 million, assuming that is a post-June um, 1st cut, which is what we're going to say that it is um it's going to save us a little bit more money it's going to mean a little bit more dead cap uh next year we're going to have to eat up a little bit but it'll be minuscule and um it'll obviously help us more this year which is what we're after um look we need more defensive help i just don't think he's been worth the money i mean anybody you cut is going to hurt um i don't think too many packer fans are going to cry about losing dean lowry but the question is how do you replace dean lowry we're going to have to go out and find somebody but hey We're on the warpath to to signing J.J. Watt here, so saving up another almost $5 million brings us under the $15 million mark. Again, we got a long way to go just to get in the black, but um, we're making some headway, and we haven't really done anything that's super damaging to the team at this point. This one, to me, is uh, somewhat of a no-brainer. We've got cut Christian Kirksey on here, saves a little over $5.6 million, gets us under the $10 million mark. Um, Christian Kirksey, I was not a big... Massive fan of him coming here to begin with. I I don't know that he's ever really been all that great of a linebacker. It's nice for Petten to be able to get somebody that he's familiar with and is familiar with his scheme. Um, I I get the impression that he's kind of looking at this saying, these guys are not doing what I want them to do. I don't quite have the right guys. And he felt a little bit of comfort having Christian Kirksey there. But obviously that didn't work. And I don't think the new linebackers coach slash defensive coordinator is going to see Christian Kirksey as the answer to his his needs. So I think this is a fairly easy one, especially considering the amount of money Christian Kirksey is supposed to be getting. There's just no way that uh, I think the Packers are going to be comfortable with that. So again, this is one of the easier um, cuts, in my opinion, is moving on from Christian Kirksey for $5.6 million. Next up, I've got restructure Darius Smith, and this honestly just gets into completely speculation. Um, looking at the contract, I don't know that an extension at this point isn't the best option, because the problem is when you he's only got two years left There's this year and next year so when you take this year's money and push it out you're just pushing it into next year um, so if we look at his contract he's owed twenty two million dollars this year against the cap he's twenty million dollars against the cap next year If we extend him, let's say we give him today a four-year contract, brand new contract, $17 million a year, it's slightly less than his overall, but he's getting two additional years for about the same amount of money. That would allow us the opportunity to push quite a bit of money out. You know, give him a big old signing bonus like they usually do, take that money out over four years, but... Rather than rebuilding an entire contract, I decided that we're just going to restructure for this year, and it's not that impossible. So I'm going to take $8 million of his base salary just for the heck of it, and um, we're just going to give him an $8 million check. And what that's going to do is... We're going to give him $8 million in cash, put that in his pocket, and that's going to give us the ability to take that and and split it up evenly over the next two years, meaning we're going to pay four of that eight this year and take four of that eight and push it into next year. So all we're doing is we're dropping the 22 down to 18, so that's going to save us, as you can see, $4 million. Next year, he goes from 20 to 24. So it's going to hurt us next year, and again, I, I don't know that the best option isn't just an extension. Um, but maybe we just push the money out now, and then next year we start talking about an extension, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because we're just going to put cash in his pocket um, again. So he just gets another big old check because we're going to give him a new contract with a big old signing bonus, and he's guaranteed more money in the le- or more years in the league. So either way, I- again, there's a lot we can do here um but i feel like at this point four million dollars is relatively safe that drops us down to right about five million dollars again there's a lot of leeway where we could technically cut more but if we're just restructuring i think it's silly to try to push anything more than 24 million dollars next year maybe you could i mean you could drop the whole 10 million dollars put that in his pocket and make it 25 million you know it's not it's not impossible i haven't looked at, at next year's um situation quite as much but this this is all i'm really comfortable with at this point so we're just going to go with that again we're getting into hyper speculative territory but it is what it is well that's annoying i just did a whole long spiel on how we got to this and um apparently i hit a button that caused the video to stop anyways let me re-explain this really quickly we're going to extend adrian amos and i know i said i wasn't going to do that with Zadarius because it's too much speculation but let me run you through the math and the rationale really quickly first of all Adrian Amos might be the most underrated safety in football. In the last four years, I think he's been top five safety like three times. He was this past year, and I think he was twice with the Bears, including I think being possibly the number one safety in 2017, something like that. He was also very good in 2018, but was overshadowed being the number two safety in Chicago. But um, not only that, he's only 28 years old, and I think you know we're bringing in a defensive coordinator that has That was allegedly hired because of his familiarity with the Vic Fangio scheme and having something kind of similar. So I expect safeties to be, as well as my consultation with Coach Hahn, saying that strong safety is also a pivotal point of, of this style of defense. So I just think for every reason, they're looking at Adrian Amos as being a core piece of this defense going forward. So we are going to extend him. He has two years left on his contract. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give him a very generous offer. We're going to say, man, we, we we love you. We want you to stay. We're going to give you a four-year contract worth $12 million per year, and I think he's going to accept that. How did I come to $4 million in savings? I'm not going to go through all the numbers again, but let me just explain the rationale. We gave him... Sorry, I bumped into the mic there. Uh, let me pull this back up. So we gave him a four-year contract worth $9 million per year. In the first year, we paid him $5.15 million. So I took that as a proportion. Let's say if we paid 5.15 on 9, how much are we going to pay on 12? And it came to like six point something. So we drop the 10.9 million dollar, excuse me, the 10.3 million dollar cap hit that we have right now, and we drop that to six point something or another, and it saves about 4.04 million dollars. That's how I came to that. We just used a proportion based on, you know, having a new contract. So, um, again, we're, we're completely tearing up the old contract. We're giving him a new four-year deal, $12 million a year. We're going to pay him about $6 million. Um, uh, this, this I mean, not, not pay him. He's going to get a massive paycheck because they always give massive signing bonuses. But, again, in terms of the proportion, uh, the cap hit, it's only going to be about $6 million. So we're going to save an additional four. And as you can see, that already brings us to about $7 million. So we're doing quite well. Um, hopefully, I'm still recording, so I don't have to respect, explain this for a third time. We are. We're going to stop there, and um, we're going to pull up a couple other things to see. First of all, where we're at, and then also uh, see how much more money we can come up with. So I'll interject really quickly. I looked it up. According to Over the Cap, we're looking at about uh, eight point. Let's just call it eight point eight and a half million dollars is how much it's expected to cost the Packers to re- just sign their draft picks. So we're just under the ability to sign them. But obviously, we've got uh, quite a bit more to go here. Not quite a bit, but we've got some some heavy hitters coming. So um, we'll continue on. Obviously, I think we're going to at least have enough to sign our draft class, and um, we'll see what we can do beyond that. All right, jumping back in one more time, I added a couple things here. As you can see, eh, I can't point to it, but I added these guys here. So the draft cost $8.253 million dollars. I'm saying that we want to carry $8 million into the season. I don't know exactly, you know, how much we need or whatever, but I, I know generally, from what I understand, $8 million is about what you want to be able to carry in for, you know, if you get a massive injury or whatever, you need money to be able to bring people on. So how much money is left for J.J. Watt, that leaves us $9.2 million. Dollars. So that's kind of where we're at. All right, so next we're going to restructure David Bakhtiari's contract. This one always it makes me very wary because it seems unlikely that the Packers didn't know what they were doing when they structured this to begin with because they just did it. It seems really unlikely to me that they're going to say, here's the contract and here's how we like it structured, Um, and then a couple months later, like, look, we messed up. We need some more money. Can we possibly do this? Maybe it's just kind of a long-term play, like this is the structure with the – we were always planning on doing this in the future. I don't know. Um, Also, I got a different number, but part of – I'm using a couple different resources, and I'm going to rely on their math. This is from um, IT Hedgehog on Packer, uh on Twitter. He's the one that kind of did a lot of these different things. He came up with 8.3 million. I came up again with a different number, but I'm just going to stick with with his numbers on this. But um, the the general idea is he's owed like 11.03 million dollars in March. That is a cash check that goes in his pocket and all of that goes on the packer's salary cap in 2021 the idea here is that we're going to convert that into a signing bonus because a signing bonus can be chopped up evenly over the four years um that comes out to like 2.75 million dollars over four years meaning instead of paying him 11 some odd million dollars we're paying him two million dollars and then we have to add that to something onto the remaining years which doesn't seem that big of a deal until you look at 2024 when you have to pay him over 30 million but at the time it probably won't be as big of a deal it just seems shocking today so it kind of seems like a no-brainer and I don't know why David wouldn't do it it's just, it makes no difference to him it's just how it's structured as far as the Packers salary cap going forward um, i don't know i mean again it's just how about we just give you a check today instead of waiting until march and then then we're good so again, it, it seems simple, and it's a massive amount of money. As you can see, that puts us at 15, almost 15.3 million dollars. Just a million dollars under um, what we need to pay off the draft and have an additional eight million dollars for fun. <coughs> Pardon. Um, and again, a lot of this is kind of just made up, but it is what it is. So the uh, effectively, we're 15 million dollars over right now. So we're doing pretty well. Um, and we've got at least two more things that we need to do. And, um, I mean, I'm feeling good about it. Again, a lot of people are panicked. And, and again, I don't know if we're going to do all of this. All these things have consequences. Maybe we want to keep these guys. Maybe we want to keep this guy. Maybe we want to keep this guy. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe Dean is – we don't want to go that far, so we restructure it a little bit. You know, we're kind of making a lot of this up, but this is showing – and it's not even to the most – the furthest extreme. I mean, I, I could – cut this down even more but this is what I feel is realistic and realistically without really trashing our team um, in fact I'm kind of excited about extending Amos I love that Bakhtiari is going to be long term Preston was going to go like I said either way we could possibly get more out of Zedarius we're at 15.3 it's not as dire now can we get JJ is a completely different question but can we get here yeah and we we've got at least one more no-brainer one more no-brainer that's going to save us a bunch of money, so we'll we'll do that right now. All right, so we're kind of uh, I gotta gotta make this a little bit bigger. We'll get to there. We'll we'll get there next time. Um, again, I'm kind of making these numbers up a little bit because I don't exactly know how the structure would be, but but I want to give Devonte Adams an extension. Um, I didn't want to base it on his last extension because he was extended off of his rookie contracts, so the gap. Um, is going to be massive in other words what he was getting compared to what he's he's now getting um rookie deal compared to big boy money um and so that structure was going to be a little bit off so instead i use david bakhtiari's extension because the guy was already making a good amount of money now he's making more money so there's less you can't cut down year one all that much that's that's the point you can't bring that down to like two million dollars because there's just too much that you'd be pushing out so I figured David Bakhtiari's contract, at least in terms of proportions, would make the most sense. And so when I looked at it, it's again I did the exact same thing. I said, okay, so he's getting four years, ninety-two million dollars. Um, so we look at what that is per year. They're paying him sixteen point two five in his first year so we're looking at what was that i think about 70 percent of his per year total was paid in year one if we use that as just sort of a general structure 70 percent of what Devonte adams is getting now at about 16 million ish it drops it a little bit under five million dollars so i just rounded it to say that but that extending him is going to save five million again no idea, no idea. But I think it's realistic, considering that's essentially proportionally exactly what we just did with David Bakhtiari. If we just keep it exactly proportional, we save about five million dollars by extending Devonte Adams. As you can see, that puts us uh, over twenty million dollars in the black, and it gives us about four million dollars more than we would even need for whatever for signing free agents, right? And again, if you drop this down to six million dollars we have now six million dollars for jj or whoever in the free agency realm that we decide that that's what we want to do so um the only other thing left is aaron Rodgers, and i don't know how comfortable i am playing with that but let's look at it anyways because that's what we're doing today all right so we extended this out a little bit and i've got some numbers here that'll all make sense in a little bit but we're going to restructure aaron Rodgers' contract and i kind of like this a little bit as you've probably heard, what this means is there's no way we're moving on from him. But I, my contention is they learned that when he won the MVP. Um, not everybody agrees with me on this, but I think by drafting Jordan Love, and this doesn't mean we're never going to move on from Aaron Rodgers and use Jordan Love, right? It just means it's not going to happen in 2021, 2022, or 2023. Is all that means, possibly 2024. But I, I think when you drafted Jordan Love, the the issue was. We didn't know what we were getting from Aaron Rodgers, right? It wasn't exactly the greatest performance we've ever seen in our lives in 2019. And although there was there was a possibility that he blows up in the system, we hadn't seen it. Once it happened and he won MVP, it became very clear, this is it. This is the future. And there's no way he regresses in the next two to three years to the point where we should have never signed the guy. We're talking about 2021, 2022, and 2023. So I think they know that we're sticking with him, right? What happens with Jordan Love, I don't know. You can say it was a bad decision, but I think it was a hedge your bets where the worst possible scenario is that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP and we have to move on from Jordan Love, whoop de doo And again, they may still move on after that. Here's how this works logistically, though. Here's the situation. Um, This right here, 14.352, is his base salary. We're going to convert that. uh, We're going to drop that down to $2 million in base salary. So that's, we're going to drop 14.352 down to 2, and we're going to split that over 3 years, and this is what it looks like. So we have to take this is now these two. So we're talking 6.04. That's where we get our savings of 8.312, right? Massive savings, and we'll get to all this in a little bit. So stick with me here. This becomes this. Now, the concern that everyone's going to freak out about is this because we have to take 4.04 and add it to next year, which brings his total up to 43.85 million. That's a disaster. That's horrible. How can we possibly do that? Simple. The Packers were brilliant by having his final year only be $28 million against the cap, meaning next year we just do it again. Next year we do it again. And what we're going to do. Because we have 43.85 this year, i.e., or you know, in 2022, but only 32 million dollars the next year, we can take 10 million dollars because it's a base salary of 25 million dollars, and he's—I don't think he's ever going to say no to taking um, taking bonuses. Because again, they're just writing a check and stick it in his pocket. Of course, you're going to take that. It's guaranteed money the day they sign the check, and it's cash in your pocket, in your bank account. So what you do, you take ten million dollars, you split that as you give them a ten million dollar bonus, you take five million off of this, that drops that down to thirty-eight million. This brings this up to thirty-seven. Thirty-eight million dollars and thirty-seven million dollars. It's not going to kill anybody. The only real problem with this is the fact that, again, you cannot move on from them. It's going to kill you. But I think the Packers learned that. And I think the structure of the contract was such that we don't know for sure if we're going to stick with Aaron Rodgers. Just the same reason they drafted Jordan Love. It's not just because the board said so. Of course, that's part of the, it's a major part of the equation. But if you know you're sticking with Aaron Rodgers, you do not draft Jordan Love. Now they know. And so, again, not only are they restructuring the way that they view things, they're restructuring His contract. His contract was one that reflected a team that was ready to move on in 2022. Possibly, they're no longer ready to move on. I don't think so. I think they are in a position now to restructure this that in a way that guarantees he's sticking around. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to want that. Not only is he going to like the financial aspect of getting more cash in his pocket, but I think he's going to like that the Packers are essentially saying you are locked in for the next three years as the packers starting quarterback and we'll reevaluate it after that now again as you can see we are now 28 million dollars over the cap just by doing again some pretty some things that i think are completely realistic um that gives us 8.25 to sign our draft class six million dollars of extra money just to carry into the season if we want to go out and get somebody and 14 million dollars i i tell you what we can not only get J.J. Watt, because let's say, I don't know what it's going to cost, but I don't even think it would take all $14 million in year one to get him in here. You could possibly, you know, I mean, this is at the very least enough to bring in Corey Lindsley, sign Corey Lindsley. I don't know that you can't get Corey Lindsley and J.J. J. Watt. I, again, I don't know. I mean, if he's going to cost $25 million, then year one is not going to be less than 14. I don't even know if 14 is going to be enough, but I don't think he's going to cost $25 million. I don't know what J.J. Watt's valuation is, but the point is, is there enough money for him? Yes. Is there enough money for Corey Lindsley? Yes. Can we get everybody? No. We can't have King and Lindsley and um, you know Aaron Jones and Jamal and J.J. Watt. Obviously. I mean, very few teams can do all that, but this is what I'm looking at. I think this is you know, 14, 15 million, $15 Over what you need for the draft and for you know extra little carrying cash, you're gonna have about 14 million over, possibly. I don't know. Again, I don't know how many of these things are here, but it just it just puts some numbers to the panic because right now everyone's looking at it saying, "There's no money. Where's the money going to come? We have money, we have options. How many of these things they actually want to do? I don't know, but they may again they may do more than this, so we'll we'll see what they do. But I'm I'm looking at. um, some possibilities here. Now, do I think they're going to go get J.J. Watt? I still don't. I think, if anything, they're going to use this money to be able to secure the guys they want to keep. If they want to keep King and and Lindsley and Jones, they can do that. If they want to keep uh, Lindsley and maybe go out and get a, a, a free agent cornerback, um, cool, and then we'll focus on the draft or a tackle or whatever. But the, I think the, the real important thing here is to show that they have the flexibility, they have the ability to you know not have to make horrible decisions because i think a lot of packer fans see this as we're doomed right we're gonna to have to cut everybody we can't sign any of our free agents and we can't sign any other free agents we barely are i don't even know how we're going to sign our draft class it's not the case it will be all right um it's uncharted territory the packers are not used to this and this is what happens when you get aggressive packer fans have always wanted hey go all in go all in get everybody do all the things well, we did. We got Zadarius and Amos and Turner and Preston and all these guys, and this is what happens. You know, you get into these little panicky territories. So um, they're going to be fine, and it'll be interesting to see. Again, these are all speculative, what they do and how they do it, but um, this is just an example that, again, put us in a real good spot. So um, excited to see how they actually move forward, but uh, hopefully this was helpful. It was for me. Again, I did this basically live, and it, it really gave me a lot of comfort in in, uh, in how things are going to go going forward so anyways thanks a lot and uh, be sure to check out the Packernet Podcast I'll catch you next time